up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Tuesday, October 25th. Week 8 waiver wire coming at us. We have officially crossed the halfway point of the fantasy football regular season. Still a lot of work to be done, and man, what a week for waivers. We've had some crazy stuff. Devastating injury to Brees Hall. We had the trade, the corresponding trade for James Robinson. We had Matt Ryan getting benched. Our pets' heads are falling off. We got so much to get to, so I'm going to dive right into it. And honestly, I was sitting here uh, last night, Monday night, as I normally do, writing my waiver wire article for FTNFantasy.com, promo code RADPACK for 20% off, and uh, I was set to have Michael Carter as the top ad. Well, he's not the top ad anymore. It's Gus Edwards, and I am willing to go 50 to 100% on Gus Edwards. Now, it should be noted, they did use plenty of Justice Hill and Kenyon Drake in terms of snaps. In fact, Edwards only had seven more snaps than Kenyon Drake. However, he was extremely effective. They could have also been easing him in as well. 16 carries, 66 yards. We know the two touchdowns. It just looks like it's going to be Gus's backfield here going forward. So I'm willing to spend on this dude. Because this type of running back, an RB2-ish guy, doesn't grow on trees. And by the way, I'm not very optimistic about J.K. Dobbins being himself this year. He's going to be out four to six weeks, had the surgery. If it's six weeks, or we have seven weeks left in the fantasy football regular season, we could be out of it by that point. So I'm, uh, and I'll talk about Dobbins in uh, Holden Cut later on. Uh, two and three, Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman. I go upwards to 25% on either of them. Hubbard was the lead back initially. It was very effective. In fact, both of them extremely effective against a very good Tampa run defense. The reason why I am leaning Hubbard just slightly, though, is because he was he was listed as the lead back. He did have an ankle injury. However, Adam Schefter and others have reported that he could have went back into the game if necessary. They didn't, uh, oddly enough, didn't need him <laughs> to go back in the game against the Bucs. So they didn't use him. Uh, but both... Hubbard and Foreman, I'm surprised, but they were very effective. So both of them are in play here. There'll be flex options going forward. Uh, number four, George Pickens. How is this dude available still in about 50% of leagues? Crazy. Six catches, 61 yards, and a score last week. He should be rostered across the board. All right, Michael Carter is number five on the list. 15%. So let's unpack this just briefly since I'm not going to do something independent for the James Robinson trade. Robinson goes to the Jets. He is going to occupy Brees Hall's role in the offense, so he'll be the primary early down runner. He can catch the ball out of the backfield as well, so he's going to do a lot of what Brees Hall was doing. Carter's role really doesn't change that much, so he'll have some value. I'm just not going overboard on him. By the way, uh, I will get to ETN because I have ETN's handcuff in this list. So Robinson, at least initially week one, I don't expect him to do a ton. We saw Christian McCaffrey in week one. like He has a little bit of a leg up on McCaffrey going to, to San Francisco because he was traded, obviously, at the beginning of the week, not the end of the week. But still, it's going to be tough for him to get fully up to speed. Still, this is Robinson's backfield after he gets acclimated, and that may only take a week. So it stinks if you were hoping for better with Carter, but there still will be at least some value there. Wandale Robinson, 10%. I don't trust the Giants wide receivers. I don't. I don't. But he did produce this past week. 
he did see an increase in routes run. He ran 24 routes run. Mar- uh, Marcus Johnson is still leading in uh, routes run for this team. But the thing I'm, I'm a little wary about with Wandale Robinson is the air yards. It's very low air yards, so that kind of puts a cap on his overall upside. But still, he should be rostered 10% on him. Isaiah Pacheco, 10%. Remember, he was the starter. Well, it's a committee. They're using all three. He played 18 snaps. It was five fewer than Jarek McKinnon. It's a three-headed monster. Now, one of those three gets hurt. All of a sudden, it's not a three-headed monster anymore, and we could be sitting on something nice. So, yes, Pacheco should be rostered across the board now. I wasn't high on him earlier in the year, but obviously things change in fantasy football, and we have to adapt to it. Justin Fields and Daniel Jones at 8 and 9. They're the two top quarterback ads. I'm not going to get too cute with these guys, but both are trending in the right direction. I mean, Fields look really good as a runner in that Monday Night Football win over the Patriots. I mean, could he be this year's Jalen Hurts type? Like, he doesn't have to do much with his arm. He's not going to do much with his arm. He's throwing barely over 20 times a game. But rack up 60, 70, 80 yards a game, score a rushing touchdown every week. If he does that, he's going to be a borderline quarterback one. Kind of the same thing with Daniel Jones. Now, Daniel Jones maybe has a little bit more pop with his arm, but he's a good running quarterback. Had over 100 rushing yards. He's currently a top 10 fantasy option at the position, so I go upwards of 10% on both of those guys. Uh, at 10 on the list, Paris Campbell. He was going to be higher, but the move to Sam Ellinger away from Matt Ryan is going to cap the volume in this offense. Ellinger is not going to throw the ball 40-plus times a game. He is going to run more than Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan can't even run. Anybody can run more than Matt Ryan. Uh, So it puts a little bit of a cap on Campbell, but the volume has been very good over the last two weeks. From a productivity standpoint, he's right there. So I'm going to pop him on the bench, 7%. 7% on Dawson Knox. This position tight end is so brutal. Uh, Knox isn't a high volume guy, but he's consistent. You know, he's had at least three catches in each of the last four games. My thing about tight end, that consistency actually can be pretty valuable. Like he's not going to, you know, he'll get four, four balls, 40 yards. Okay. There's eight PPR points. He scores a touchdown. All of a sudden we're cooking with, with gas, but even the eight, like my goal each week is to try to get as close to double digit fantasy points as I can at tight end, which is not easy to do. But I know if I can do that, I can at least keep pace with my opponent and maybe even beat my opponent at the position. So he's the best bet to do so. There are some names this week, though. And number 12 on the list, uh, Latavius Murray, 7%. Played 28 snaps this past week. That was 11 fewer than Melvin Gordon. But this will be a timeshare going forward, especially with Mike Boone on injured reserve. Greg Dulcich, one of those names I mentioned at the position, actually... Really impressed with this kid. He's number 13 on the list. I go 7% on him. He's been a revelation. Eight catches, 95 yards, and a score over the last two weeks. And it really doesn't matter who's throwing him the football. Uh, He is working his way into the top 15 conversation going forward here. Very, very high ceiling with with Dulcich. Uh, Josh Palmer at 14. I'm going 5%. I don't even know if you have to pay this, though. So here's the deal. Mike Williams is going to miss time with a high ankle. Keenan Allen seemingly can't get back to full health, but they're on by this week. So the beauty is, and don't do this thing on waivers, I'm telling you, don't sort by projected points because guys who are on by will not show up. Josh Palmer is on by. Don't sort by last week's fantasy points scored because there are certain guys as well who don't show up, like guys who were on by last week. 
uh, or guys like Josh Palmer who missed the game due to the concussion protocol. I think Josh Palmer, if he's available, is going to be a afterthought on waivers this week, and you'll be able to get him for peanuts uh, on waivers. Antonio Gibson at 15, 5% on him. I like the the role for Antonio Gibson now. It's really a solid role. Uh, with Gibson, pass catcher out of the backfield, change of pace in the run game. He's not going to see a lot of touches. That's the one challenge here. So I don't think we're going to feel comfortable as anything more than a deep flex play. But I do think that he is worthy of a roster spot if your waiver wire is picked over and he was dropped. Rashad White, 5%. 29 snaps. Uh, Leonard Fournette played 39. So this is not Fournette and then everybody else. This is Rashad White working into a timeshare almost with Fournette. And with the way the team is playing, maybe there's a chance they work him in even more. I would like to get ahead of it if I can. McCole Hardman at 17, 5%. All right, the touchdowns, I'm going to toss the touchdowns aside. Here's the thing. He showed explosive play. If Kansas City is smart, and I think Andy Reid is pretty smart, they're going to find ways to creatively get him in space, get him the football, because that's where he's going to be able to make his place. He's basically a punt returner, right? He's not a, a pure wide receiver, and that's fine. He can still be a fantasy asset in that explosive offense. Harrison Bryant at 18, uh, 3%. Najoku is slated to miss three to five weeks. I'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, Bryant, very productive pass catcher at the college level, at the FCS level. Could be a tight end two plus with Najoku out. Kate Otten, 3%. Actually, a little tight end run here. And then Evan Ingram, 3%. As long as Cameron Braid is out, Otten's going to be a reasonably high volume tight end. He had four for 64 last week. Uh, two weeks ago when he filled in for Brait, he was rock solid as well. So he could do worse here. On a Thursday night, I don't think Brait's going to get back for that game. Evan Ingram also, now it's a little bit of the merry-go-round. It feels like we've picked him up and dropped him about 15 times this season. But really, it's not even just last week where he caught four for 67. He's had a nice stretch of three games in a row, which at tight end is not easy to do. I. Uh, Hasn't scored a touchdown that caps his value a little bit, but I don't mind Evan Ingram, be honest with you. Marquez Valdez Scantling, he was widely dropped last week when he had a fantasy goose egg. And of course, he had over 100 yards this week on three catches, mind you. It's not going to be consistent, but he's had big performances in two of the last three games, and he's in that offense, you know? And the offense really seems like it's clicking right now. So I don't mind it. Jimmy G, 3%, another top 10 performance for him. The Rams aren't the best matchup for him this week, but I think the game script's actually going to be reasonably favorable for the passing game in that one. Plus, you know, more he more they get McCaffrey integrated, the better off Jimmy G is going to be because it's just another weapon for him. At 23, Marquise Goodwin, only 3%. I don't think DK Metcalf misses more than a week if he even misses this week. Uh, but Goodwin would move up, obviously, in um, you know, in rankings this week, if DK doesn't play, Darius Slayton three percent again. I don't like the Giants' receivers, but he is a viable deep threat, and he should be rostered in deeper leagues. Twenty-five, Tyquan Thornton, only one catch, but you know what? He had five targets. That was tied for the highest um, of the Patriots wide receivers, and he ran the second most routes. He ran twenty-seven routes in that game. Like Tyquan Thornton's going to be used here, so. I'm scooping him up on the cheap if he's available. Tyler Algier at 26, 3% on him. Cordero Patterson, we're nearing that return. But this is like a if you need a running back this week, 
50 yards and a score on 16 carries last week. Andy Dalton at 27, 2%. I don't know if he sticks with this job. That's the problem. If they if he does stick, he'll move into borderline top 20 option. But, you know, I'm trying to get out ahead of that one. Uh, just in case if it's a deep one quarterback league and I need help. Van Jefferson at 28, 2% on him, not going overboard here. Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, likely Tyler Higby ahead of him in the target pecking order. Uh, so outside of deep leagues, I can't see a spot where we're using him. At 29, Noah Brown, 2%. Uh, Dak Prescott targeted him seven times last week, only two targets for Michael Gallup. Sam Ellinger at 30 on the list. Now, super deep one quarterback leagues, I maybe toss 2% at him. Super flex leagues, I am tossing 25 to 30% at him if I need help. He's a very different quarterback from Matt Ryan. He is much more mobile, but he is not anywhere remotely close to as polished a passer. So his presence, it's not going to dramatically deflate Michael Pittman's value, by the way. Michael Pittman's still a wide receiver, too. Now he moves more towards the back end of the wide receiver, twos as opposed to the front end. Uh, the player who probably loses the most here would be Alec Pierce. Uh, the player who gains the most here is Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, I because I think this is just, hey, they want to run the darn ball, whether it's the quarterback running the ball or Jonathan Taylor running the ball. So there is value to that in fantasy, even if he doesn't put up massive numbers as a passer. 31, Jamichael Hasty. All right, get him on the cheap if you have Travis Etienne because – with James Robinson out of the mix. Travis Etienne is a borderline, if not just inside top the top 12 running backs. Like He's right there now. He has been excellent over the last three weeks. So if you have him, you want to cover that asset up with Jermichael Hasty as a handcuff. Uh, Terrace Marshall at 32. He only caught two balls, but he's clearly running as the number two option in that um, wide receiver core. Uh, Jawan Johnson, 1%. I don't expect him to do what he did last week going forward, but if you're in deeper leagues, if you're in uh, tight end premium leagues, Jawan Johnson needs to be rostered. Elijah Mitchell, 1%. Okay, so here's the deal. Mitchell is not due back until after the 49ers buy, which is next week, but when he is back, he will slide behind Christian McCaffrey as the cuff. So if I have Christian McCaffrey, nobody else, if I have Christian McCaffrey and Mitchell is out there, I'm picking him up. Sony Michelle, Joshua Kelly now is on injured reserve. So Michelle is the cuff to Austin Eckler. If I have Austin Eckler, I'm picking up Sony Michelle. Nobody else needs to pick up Sony Michelle. Zamir White, 1%. If you roster Josh Jacobs, you should handcuff him now with Zamir White because Josh Jacobs is a top 10, if not top five, running back right now for fantasy purposes. Uh, a couple quarterbacks to round things out Taylor Heineke, I'd go 15 to 20% in super flex wasn't that bad against the Packers, and he'll keep this job until Carson Wentz can return, and maybe even after that. Malik Willis, uh, he's more of a short-term rental, I think. If Tannehill does miss this week, we won't know before waivers run tonight, so I'm going to go like 5 to 10% on him in Superflex. And then Brett Rippon, sort of the same thing. We don't know if Russ is going to be back this week, but all starting quarterbacks are viable and should be rostered in Superflex leagues, so Rippon uh, shouldn't be available either. I only have one hard pass player. It's Marlon Mack. <laughs> I think we should know this by now, but Marlon Mack is the fantasy football equivalent of a Ponzi scheme. Everybody falls for it seemingly every time. Uh, it is an inverted funnel or whatever you want to call it. He is a Ponzi scheme. 
And yes, he's on the Broncos, but for how long? I'm not falling for this one, and I don't think you should either. All right, here's my whole list for the week. Kyle Pitts, I know you want to drop him. I'm not dropping him. Also, though, I'm making myself a mental note or a note on just gigantic letters in Sharpie somewhere where I will see it in fantasy football drafts next year. Don't draft a tight end in the first couple rounds because this type of thing happens every year. Now, it didn't happen for Travis Kelsey this year, but every year we have one of these guys who disappoints, and it's such a high-value pick to take Kyle Pitts in the third round, to take any tight end in the third round, that the the cost to your roster, if that dude doesn't hit, is significant. And you're, you're feeling it right now. Now, he did have five targets last week, and I'm still going to consider him a top-12 guy. I am hoping that Desmond Ritter takes over soon, and, and I really hope they don't wait until after their bye, because guess what? Their bye is in week freaking 14! So, but I'm holding him and I'm holding Drake London for a similar reason. I think Drake London's actually been pretty good this year. It's just Marcus Mariota holds both of those guys back. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, it was a fantasy goose egg, but Alan Lazard's banged up and Dobbs will be the top target if Lazard misses time. AJ Dillon, he is not producing, but he has enormous implied value. If Aaron Jones went down, he'd be an instant top 10 guy. Melvin Gordon, like I mentioned, there's going to be a, a timeshare there. He'll be a flex option with Latavius Murray, you know, timeshare. He'll be a flex option though, uh, because Mike Boone is out of the mix. And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire, like Pacheco's the starter, whatever. It's a three-headed monster and Edwards-Alaire isn't getting the volume we'd hope, but I do think that there's value to at least, even if you're not going to start him, keeping him on your bench. Uh, David Ajoko, I am holding through the bye week. Okay, so the Browns bye week is week nine. He is a two to five week timetable. So I'll hold him this week and next week. If I get an indication it's going to be long, like it's going to be close to the the long end of it, I may drop him obviously after uh, the bye week in week 10. Unfortunately, this is you know, you're gonna have to do this dance a little bit. Like if you really need the bench spot and you're in a short bench spot league, you can't hold him. But I'm talking like you know, regular size bench leagues. Uh, I I may hold him because he's been so productive. All right, here's who I'm cutting. The first one sucks, sucks, sucks. Brees Hall. Uh really sucks. No reason to hold him. If you're in a redraft league, if you're in a keeper league and you have four bench spots, you can't hold him. If you have an IR, obviously tuck him on IR. If it's six bench spots, I might risk it if the keeper value is good enough because I have no doubt he's going to be a stud once he's back again. Uh, so you have to make that decision. Uh, Matt Ryan, obviously we're cutting him in Superflex. Uh, J.K. Dobbins. I'm cutting J.K. Dobbins. It's a four to six week timetable. I, do, I mean, if it's six weeks, we're right up against the end of the, the fantasy football regular season and we could be fighting for our lives at that point. So if you don't have a roster spot, it's tough to hold on to a guy with an at least a four week timetable. And I do think it's probably going to be more like six. Kenyon Drake, it was fun while it lasted. We hardly knew you, Kenyon. Back to waivers you go. Jeff Wilson, I just mentioned. Even if McCaffrey got hurt this week and I'm going to knock on wood here, you can hear it. Okay, I knocked on wood, but even if McCaffrey got hurt this week, they're on by next week, and then Elijah Mitchell would be back. So there's no value to Jeff Wilson anymore. Corey Davis, if you're holding on to him, he's banged up and they're not throwing the football. And then Daniel Bellinger, that stinks. He had a pretty gruesome eye injury, and he's going to be out indefinitely, the uh, rookie tight end. All right, defenses. So if you have any one of these five defenses, I think you're good this week. Uh, Dallas. They're facing Chicago. Justin Fields is trending up, but I love that Dallas defense. Uh, the Eagles, 
Uh, they are coming back from bye. They face Kenny Pickett, who just threw three interceptions last week. The Patriots, no, they weren't that good against Fields, but I'm going to ride this one. And I do like the matchup against the Jets. The 49ers, good defense facing the Rams. The Rams are a great matchup. And then how about, how about this? The Bills against Aaron Rodgers? Let's go. Uh, I'm in on that. It's surprising. But if you don't have those defenses, there are a lot of streamer options. So here you go. You ready? Uh, the Jets versus the Patriots. The Patriots, question marks at quarterback. Uh, the Jets are a top 10 scoring fantasy defense. So yeah, I'm in there. The Washington Commanders against Sam Ellinger in his first start here this season. Uh, I would have went after Matt Ryan here as well, but I'm going to attack this matchup. The Falcons against P.J. Walker. I'm going to keep going after him. The Tennessee Titans, number one fantasy defense last week. Davis Mills didn't look bad last week, but you know I, I think this is one of those where you you play the hot streak. The Texans do give up uh, one take one turnover per game, and uh, 17.7 points scored per game isn't particularly good. So I'm going to go after them too. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't care if it's Russell Wilson or Brett Rippon. The Jags are in play as a streamer. The Texans, one of the worst defenses in the NFL, but facing potentially Malik Willis. Give me some of that. And then finally, the Indianapolis Colts going against Taylor Heineke. Did throw a pick six last week. And, you know, that gunslinger mentality, we can use that to our advantage. All right, that wraps it up for today. Don't forget to subscribe to my other podcast, the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast. I do pods there on Wednesdays and Fridays each week, so you get your rankings and your preview podcast. So go check that out. Remember, ftnfantasy.com, promo code RATPACK, and at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. I'll catch you next Tuesday for the Week 9 Waiver Wire. Good luck until then. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.